Going live in three, two, two one. They're the ones supposed to be silent. Oh, three, two. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, what's up? Welcome to the garage. I'm Nick. And I'm Luke. And we are super excited to have you listening in on another episode. Um, today we have a pretty cool topic to talk about. Um, as you read in the description of the podcast, if you read that, it is titled, It's More Than Just Fishing. Um, we're going to talk about, well, first I'll tell you that something that we did a lot this past summer in the training ground program um, was fly fishing. Um, <clears throat> and for me, it's something that I've been doing for a while in my life, and it's something that is a really big staple and pillar in the program, and we want to kind of talk to you guys about why, yeah, uh, where that comes from. Um, Absolutely. I mean, before the program, uh, there was like this like drawing to fly fishing for me because it just seemed like the, the, the better kind of fishing. <laughs> I don't know. I'd been fishing growing up like a couple of times um, just with like, what is it called? Like just like rod and reel? Or yeah, like, just spin fishing. Spin fishing. And... Um, there, there wasn't like a lot of involvement. Um, and it just seemed like fly fishing was a lot manlier, I guess. And so one day, uh, I asked my grandma if she wanted to buy me a fly rod for my birthday. And so we drove up to the mall and we got one and I don't advise you to go to the mall next time you want to get a fly rod, but that was, that was, yeah, it worked. And actually I've caught a couple of fish on that rod. So. That's super awesome. And for me, you know, fly fishing is something I've done for four years, but grew up regular fishing my whole life. And it's played a huge role in me becoming the man who I am. And it shapes my life in ways that are really interesting. And we'll talk about that. But today on the podcast, we do have a guest with us. His name is Jeff Stelsner. Um, He's one of the fly fishing guides for the training ground program. And one of the best fishermen I've ever met, if not the best. Yeah. Um, Say what's up, Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good. Have you been uh, recognized as expert level quite yet at fly fishing? Pretty subjective, I think, there, that <laughs> question. Okay. I will say from my point of view, he's pretty awesome at fly mm-hmm. fishing. Oh, yeah. Um, Jeff, you're one of the coolest guys that I've met to the training ground program, but I'm going to let you tell the people who you are. Yeah, so uh, I was born in uh, Loveland in 1979, and... And, um, I, I would say born into, you know, a family of outdoor enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad grew up, uh, fishing and elk hunting with his dad and, um, really from a young age, I would go out and do things with my dad, um, and my mom and, that looked like stomping through the, you know, the, the brush for pheasants and, um, you know, right out our back door at the time where we lived in junction and then, uh, chasing dove down doves down, uh, if somebody shot something and then, you know, early on, you know, with fishing, um, you know, we started out, you know, going up to some lakes and putting, you know, salmon eggs on hooks and, and chucking them out there and, and watching them, um, you know, with, with, uh, 
bobbers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was probably, I mean, I, I don't even know how young I was then, but it just, it, you know, I have young memories of going up and going up to the Grand Mesa and fishing salmon eggs on a few of the lakes up there. And then even going up to elk camp and trapping birds because we weren't big enough to go hike around the mountains and, and chase elk. So, so we grew up, you know, camping and fishing and, you know, the first time that I really remember, you know, fly fishing per se, uh, was, was when I was eight years old. So yeah, as far as fishing goes, I've been, I've been at it for a while and it's something that I still really enjoy and is still a big part of, um, you know, my, my weekend planning and my evenings tying flies, um, you know, trying to read publications, whatever it might be, sneaking a few hours here and there in the work week to try to dream about the river. So, um, yeah, uh, fishing and, you know, being outside in the mountains has has been a big part of my growing up. And, um, yeah. So I know for me that fishing is really more than just fishing. Um, it's, it's, it's a time, it's, it's a way I recharge my batteries. It's a way that I find myself, it's really one of the places where I feel closest to the Lord. Um, and so there's kind of this captivation that goes with fishing. That's the right word. Um, it just captivates. I mean, what other activity in my life I don't know of that I can go out for a day of fishing, drive an hour to get there, fish all day, not catch a fish, and then go back the next morning. Yeah. And you know, still call it a deep, good day. And still have a, and still, it'd be yeah. one of the best days. So there's something about it that captivates. And I've seen it in you, Jeff. I've seen, you know, how just fired up you can get about fishing just from mm-hmm. on the river. So talk to us a little bit about that captivation, where it comes from and what it means, like how, how it plays out in your life. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the short answer is that fishing is really easy for me to enjoy. You know, I still, I still love hooking up on a fish and it still makes me feel all giddy inside. I still have tons of fun. Um, you know, even when I'm, even when I might expect it or I hook up on 10 or 12 fish out of one hole, even that 12th fish is still a lot of fun for me to hook up onto. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's an immense, immense amount of, of joy for me in fishing. And I enjoy other people's joy as well with fishing. So I can sit on the river or stand on a rock next to the guy I'm fishing with or be in my own hole and look up or down the river. And if one of my friends hooks up on a fish and dare I say somebody that I don't even know hooks up on a fish across the river, I still, I mean, it's, it's just so easy for me to be happy on the river and and enjoy it so much. And I think that's, that's kind of the easy answer, but it's, it, it, I think it goes back a long ways to the fact that number one, I've, I've done it for a long time and, you know, maybe it has something to do with the fact that I, you know, you know, uh, Luke, your question about being an expert fisherman, I wouldn't call myself that at all. But I, I definitely feel like I'm competent on the river, and so I can go out and catch fish. And so um, when I leave to go fishing, I don't ever think that I'm not going to catch something, although that is a possibility. But I always expect to get on fish and catch fish. So I that's, think that's interesting, though, because what about like in the earlier 
time of you catching fish, you probably weren't you weren't that competent yet, but it still hooked you. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, I think you know jumping back to the joy of it, um, literally just being on the river and catching fish is fun for me. But I I I've also grown to love I would say the environs around um, around fishing and. For me, I, I would consider myself, uh, and, I, and I know, I, so I, I would consider myself, you know, a Western river fisherman, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's really what I love doing. So I, you know, I love going, being on the river, you know, and we can talk about, you know, any number of rivers, but we can jump to the Gunnison, you know, down in the canyon, you got, you know, the the water's kind of a, a deep green and you've got the cold evenings that come over you at night you can feel the temperature change in the air. You can smell the sagebrush. You can hear the river running while you're sleeping right next to it. And you know, the water's cold in the morning when you get up and try to wade across. And so there's all these really great experiences around, you know, a Western river that I've really come to, you know, love and enjoy. And I think early on when, let's say I wasn't a competent fisherman, it's pretty hard not to fall in love with the black Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty hard, you know, you know, it, at least it was for me, it, it was easy to fall in love with, you know, uh, you know, the Missouri river up in Montana, even though that's a totally different river, you know, big flat wide, um, you know, floaters river with, you know, pretty scenery in the background and, you know, tons of bugs on the water in the evening. Um, so I fell in love with a lot of that stuff early on. Um, the sound, the smells, uh, the adventure of, of being on trips, you know, with your buddies. So that, that was stuff that, that, you know, if I didn't go catch fish, you know, it was easy to really latch onto. That's awesome. So how often would you say that, that you fish, kind of by yourself or versus like with others and like, which do you prefer? Like, does it matter? Is it yeah. Different? So yeah. Um, when I was in my mid twenties, I fished a lot by myself. I don't fish that much by myself anymore. So mm-hmm. one of the things I like about, about fishing is that, you know, we could go out with a group of six or eight guys. And if you need some quiet time and some space, you can get that. You can go off by yourself up river and fish by yourself or not fish. You can sit, sit on the river and, read a book if you want, mm-hmm. or you can hang out with the guys and, and fish the same hole with them or watch them fish and be there for the camaraderie and, and creating some memories with your buddies. And I think that's one of the aspects of uh, fishing that I really enjoy as well is that you can go with a group of three or four guys or however many, and you can find space and time for yourself, or you can be involved in relationships, you know, as you need to in and out. So that's interesting that you kind of talked about how you fish a lot alone in your early 20s and the fact that the target of this podcast and our audience is mostly those guys that are in their early 20s. Was that a searching period for you? And like, is that kind of what it was? What, like, how, how did it shape you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, my 20s, <laughs> of course, it was a searching period for me. I was a 20 year old, you know, mid 20s year old guy. Um, did you know it like as searching when you were working, making you know, saving the money and then mm. going, going on months, your trips yeah. where you're like, I'm searching. No, I wasn't that smart then. Yeah. Um, 
I would say that, you know, for me, it was just, you know, looking back on it, it was, I, I liked fishing. I wanted to fish. So that, that's what I did. You know what I mean? And I had a lot of, you know, I, was I by myself? Yeah. But I had a, you know, I had my dog. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, uh, we spent a lot of time in the truck together we put on a lot of miles together and anybody who knows me from you know my early 30s and you know my mid-20s you know knows me and my relationship with my with maddie and so um you know was i searching hell yeah um did i know it probably not and but you know i think what i was doing was no, to answer your question, I don't know that I knew if I was searching, but um, I was just out there to fish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and and really, I fished a lot by myself because I didn't have any. No, nobody else would go with me. Right. So, not always, but um, you know, I I would I had some friends that would kind of come in and out of my life and d- at different times, and and we would of course go fishing, but. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on the river with with Maddie and. Well, look, looking back yeah. now, knowing what you know now, and down the road, you know, married, kids, doing the dad life. Like, what what was the impact that that time had on you? Did did it have like a big impact? Did it did it shape you at all? Did it did it build you or give you confidence? Yeah, I mean, those are those are a lot of deep and good questions. Um, and I could look at them from different angles, I think. But with fishing, yeah, I spent, you know, a lot of time, you know, figuring it out by myself, I would say. You know, in my early teens, uh, I would fish every once in a while with, you know, some some older guys that were better fishermen than me. And I would pick that up a little bit here and there um, or pick what they might have to offer, you know, as far as, you know, fishing goes and you know, but in my twenties with fishing specifically, I fought my way through, you know, learning how to fish trichos by myself or, um, you know, watching a few other good guides on the river or something. And so I I'd say that it was hard learning, you know, with regards to that, but, um, you know, trying to learn how to fish by yourself at a, at, you know, kind of taking it up a level, you know, it's, it always helps to have somebody point you in the right direction. Um, but I think driving around the experience that I had kind of living out of my truck half the year and working half the year for, you know, six or eight years in my twenties, it did have, you know, a lot of, it did have a profound effect on my life. Um, but I think it had a, it, it not necessarily all to do with fishing. That's for sure. That's awesome. Um, it's interesting you're talking about how you kind of built that knowledge alone. Um, because I can say that, you know, coming into training ground, I felt like, you know, I had a pretty good idea of how to fly fish. I felt like I knew what I was doing, but some of the, the people involved in, in, the, in our mission and in, in the training ground are incredible fishermen yourself, Tim twos, um, Ronnie Jack, like there's, there's so many great fishermen. And, and from the first time I met you, um, at the Angler's Covey on one of our learning nights, just having a conversation for you for 30 minutes, I felt like I learned more than I'd already known about fishing my whole life. <laughs> and so the cool thing is that during the summer, you get a chance to be one of our guides. You get a chance to 
um, lead the guys and teach them. Um, what does that feel like to give away that knowledge that you had to work so hard to get? It? Yeah, I'm happy to give it away. You know, quite frankly, I think it goes back to, um, I mean, maybe maybe this jumps all the way back to the original question about what type of, you know, who who am I? But I think, you know, with fishing, it, it always goes back. I mean, I love to catch fish and I love to be on the river and net fish for guys. And I love to see guys catching fish. And so, yeah, I, I want to catch the biggest fish of the trip, but you know what? If, if a guy that I'm happy that anybody catches that good fish, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've seen that in you. Yeah. And I think, um, I'll probably keep a, a few secrets of my own tucked away, you know, yeah. to give them to my kids. Right. Um, but I would say, you know, a high percentage of what I've learned, I'm happy to, to pass on, um, you know, because I think it goes back to, I mean, I, I, fishing is just really easy for me to love and I really enjoy being on the river and being a part of catching fish. So it's, you know, I, I was lucky enough to grow up with a grandfather and a dad who took me fishing and, and some of my best memories I have with them is spending time catching fish and they taught me things you know and and it really shaped the man that i am but not everyone is kind of not everyone is fortunate enough to have that but there is this piece to fishing where you kind of have to learn the knowledge from someone who's been there you know whether it be your grandfather your dad or watching those guys in the river what was it like kind of just teaching yourself and and finding different people to, le- to learn from mm-hmm. because I always thought that I can't be a fly fisherman because I always thought it was just the thing that gets passed down. For some mm-hmm. reason, I didn't think that I could do it because it wasn't a thing that was passed down to me from my, my family. Mm-hmm. So what was it like for you? Well, yeah, I think it's, I mean, my dad, of course, my, my biological father, Bob, uh, I think probably shares the same type of enjoyment and passion that I do in fishing. And I grew up, I did grow up going fishing with him pretty much every year down into the black Canyon. And so I think he, he took me along, but he wasn't always actively helping me become a better fisherman. Um, but I went and fished with him, you know, basically I still do. I still fish with him. And so we, we share a lot of memories fishing together. Um, so I got that, I think, you know, growing up with it. And I think, you know, Luke, you bring up a good point. And I think this could be with anything, not necessarily just fishing. I think, you know, it's easier for young men. I mean, my, my son is seven years old right now and, you know, he wants to be a builder because I am, you know? Um, and I think when you're, when you're young, you, you really, when at least a young boy, you really look up to your dad. Um, if that relationship is a solid one and, and even if it isn't, I think you, if, if it isn't solid, I think you still, you really have as a, a man, you have this desire to know and understand your father and be like him. Um, so 
I went fishing with, you know, Bob a lot and grew up loving being down in the Canyon. And, but there was a time where I, you know, I didn't always see him. And so he lived in a, in a different town than I lived in. My parents were divorced and I was young. So I had that time and space in my teens where I, you know, I picked up fly tying and I kind of worked my way through that by myself, reading books, et cetera. We didn't have YouTube back then. So the, the learning experience was different. Um, <laughs> and kind of fought my way through, you know, tying flies. And I still have a lot of those old original flies that I tied and you know, they're, I look back on them now, but, um, yeah, I think it's hard to specifically with fishing in and of itself, fly fishing, it is hard to step into it. There's a tremendous amount of knowledge that you need to go to a river and be successful with fishing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's intimidating for sure. And it's gear heavy. Uh, if you just go out and buy it all, you're going to, you're going to be into, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks. Um, so it's gear heavy. It's intimidating. There's a lot of knowledge required, uh, to be successful. Um, so it's hard to just jump into it and, you know, get going. Yeah. I think the first person that handed me a fly rod, uh, he was actually my work buddy and we, we went up to 11 mile. And um, he was like, hey, I brought my fly rod so we can fish a little bit. I was like, that's awesome. I have no idea how like, to do that. And um, we, we ended up getting to the river, and he forgot his, uh, his tippet and his flies. So <laughs> he's like, I'll teach you how to cast. So I kind of learned how to cast that day. But uh, it was fun. We got some good pictures, you know. Funny. Yeah, so that was that was my first like exposure to it. I know that Jeff, like you're the guy who will get to the river first, and you'll be the last one to leave. Like it captivates you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a deeper level to that, mm-hmm. and I feel it in my life too. Kind of how we talked about earlier about how we can not catch a fish and still go back, and all these things, and we're willing to put the time in and willing to put the effort. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because there's something deeper. So I, I guess my question for you is, what's how 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 can fishing impact on that deeper level and how is it manifested in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, let's, let's jump off of what I just talked about with, you know, starting in by yourself. I think, um, you know, after 30 years of fishing, you know, I learned something still when I go out to the river. Um, so I, you know, so it's challenging. It's still, it's still challenging. And I think, you know, at, at whatever level you're at, it can still be challenging. And I think that, you know, when you push through a challenge, it, you know, it can be rewarded. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's also, I think, you know, if, if on a, on a deeper level, I think being out there on the river and the time and space it, it can provide, um, you know, to get away and to be on an adventure with your friends, um, you know, but this, the specific time and space that is afforded to you when you're out there away from everything else can be really valuable. Mm-hmm. And that can look like, you know, driving to 11 mile, the access is, is quick and easy. I mean, you can get up mm-hmm. and in and out of there quick, um, yeah. or it can be something more remote, you know, and in my case, the, you know, probably the most, you know, remote 
I've been is, is down in the Canyon. Um, you know, it's only a two hour hike away, but you don't have, you know, cell service and you're completely, you know, you're off the grid down there. Um, and one, one thing I've, you know, noticed is when you do, you know, for me, when I do overnight trips or I go away and I'm gone and all I'm doing is going up to fish, that really provides me, um, some good time and space to, you know, be, you know, if we're out on the water early and we have three or four days to be on the river, um, I'll fish hard and stay out till as long as I can. But, um, I also kick my heels up on the bank and, and watch other guys and, and I have time and space not to feel like I have to catch every fish in the river to make the most out of my time, you know, half a day on the river or something. I don't have to, I can, I can relax and, um, you know, I don't have to answer calls for work and I'm not, I'm not constantly pressed by, you know, stuff. Um, you got time and space reflection, but also I think one of the, one of the, you know, looking back at my story on fishing, I have, I have friends that over the course of the last 20 years, they've gone their separate ways, but, but there are times when they come back, um, to my season and my space and time. And we go to the river that we fished 15 years ago. Yeah. And there, and there's, and I, and, and I think that can be the same with, you know, hunting. I mean, I know it is for me with hunting, but you know, you might, I mean, you fill in the blank there, but, um, and you guys may have those same stories. I think where you go back to the same place year after year, or you've, you were there 15 years ago with a couple of guys and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of memories created and you, immediately have this really great bond with the guys who were there. And then maybe you go the next year or two or three years later and you, you go back and you stay at the same place, you know, like the wanderlust in, in you know, in, in Gunnison. So when you go back there again, you're, you've become part of the story of, uh, Hey guys, remember what it was like when we were here and, you know, there was snow all, you know, ice all over the river and we, we fished for four days straight and we each caught one fish or, so I think, you know, the camaraderie, obviously, and, and I think you can take that, that piece there can be taken really to the, to the next level with guys. Right. I mean, I think that's a lot of what training grounds about, you yeah. know, and I think the river and fishing really provides a great space to create memories and bring guys back into it. And, you know, and, and the, and the conversations and impact can just grow from there man i i struggle with just being yeah you know there's always some kind of agenda or something on my mind and that's what fishing is essentially it's just being yeah yeah it forces you to um i know that personally for me there's a big connection between fishing and faith like i've met god on the river countless times personally um i just feel so connected there i don't know if it's because i'm forced to slow down forced to listen but just a quick story that I have in my life is, you know, when I first started fly fishing, I was having a really difficult time um, in my in my life, facing a lot of anxieties and a lot of identity issues that we talked about in one episode. And um, so there was one day that I was especially just really down on myself and decided to get up early that morning and drive up to the French Broad River in North Carolina. Drove two hours from my house to get there, um, showed up. 
got out. It was really early. There was still fog, and I went to put my rod together, and my reel just fell apart. <laughs> it just fell apart, and it was at the time I just got into the sport. It's the only one I had, and I was like, "Why does my life suck so bad?" I just drove two hours to get up here, and my reel just fell apart on me. Like, like fell apart, sucks. like broken, broken. broke. Oh my broken. gosh! Couldn't fix it. Um, and all of a sudden, I can't make this up. Down the road, walked an old man. Um, and he walked up to me and said, hey, how's it going? I said, well, I've been better. I just drove two hours to come fish, and my reel just broke. He's like, oh, are you serious? And I was like, yes, sir. And he said, hang on a minute. How old so are you? I was 20. 20. Yeah. No, I was yeah 20. And um, so he walks off back into the fog. And, and about 10 minutes later, he came driving down in his truck, gets out, hands me a Orvis reel, brand new Orvis reel in a pouch and says, here you go. And I said, oh, thank you so much. Can I give it back to you later? He said, keep it. You know, one day maybe you'll give it to somebody. And I never saw the old man again. But I was like, that has to be a God moment. Like God had to just back me right there in that moment. Yeah, dude. Jesus disappeared in a class. And I ended up having one of the best days fishing I'd had up to that point. I caught a ton of fish that day. Wow. And it really reset my soul and really was what I needed at the time. And so... Hmm. That to say, let's talk about the spiritual aspect of fishing for you. It, what's what does that look like in your life? Wait, Nick, have, did you give away the reel? I haven't. Have yeah, I, I haven't had the the right opportunity. I still have it. It's actually in my room. Oh. Um, I brought it here on the trip or to the training to training ground. Mm-hmm. I have it. I'm I'm waiting for the right moment to give it give it away. But right yeah. here, folks, on the podcast, <laughs> we're gonna give away. <laughs> The Jesus reel. It's I've never seen it again. I think they Jesus quit making it as an Orvis um, gold batten kill. Oh my gosh! Gold, like gold gold coated button. It's not real gold, but you got to put some miles on it. Yeah, put your own, <coughs> get your own fish on it, then yeah. pass it down in many years to come. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Never heard that story before. But uh, what was your question for Jeff? I'm oh, sorry. Well, I mean, I just that to be said to lead into kind of the spiritual aspect and. And the faith aspect, and that really, that really kind of solidified some questions I was having at the time about God, and it was, and it really reaffirmed my faith. Hmm. And so, my question for you was just like, have you had a moment like that that you can think of, or even how does faith tie into fishing hmm. for you? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say that I, ha- you know, have ever had one moment where I'm on the river and I felt like it was. You know, I, I don't have a Jesus reel, <laughs> um, at least not yet. So um, that was given to me. Uh, but I think that when I was in my 20s and, you know, kind of bouncing around from state to state, you know, in the Western U.S., um, I think that I felt like I had to go to the river or I had to go to the mountains to get away and, you know, get some time and space. Like it had to be this big block of time for, you know, recharging. And that certainly still helps. Um, but I, you know, now I don't get a fish, you know, my, my goal is to at least fish once, once, one time in a month, Mm -hmm. the whole year. So I'm at least guaranteed to get out, you know, a dozen times a year. That's, that's Mm -hmm. always my goal. Um, it doesn't always happen. You know, I have three kids, you know, I have a wife, I have a job and, you know, so I have to figure out how to 
you know, recharge every day and I can't go to the river to do it all the time. So, um, this isn't necessarily answering your question specifically, uh, but maybe it'll help. (laughs) So I think I learned, you know, I think, you know, if there's anything that I may have learned through my twenties and into my early thirties, even after I was married about, you know, going out to recharge myself, you know, climbing or fishing was that, that I didn't, uh, unfortunately I didn't always have the opportunity to go to the river to recharge my mind and body. And so I had to figure out how to do that in my daily life, my regular life, um, you know, wake up in the morning, you know, whenever I could steal minutes and prioritize that time to recharge. Um, but for me fishing, you know, being out on the river and being up in the mountains and, you know, floating, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's, I think that's part of, you know, I think the joy that I get is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, by its by its own definition in nature, I think, um, you know, the fruit of the spirit is joy, right? Yeah. Amongst other things. So, um, you're in your Eden. You're, yeah. you're in you're in the garden. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, yeah. So, I mean, that's a that's a great way to put it. Being in the garden, but I think, um, just for me going out to the river and. I mean, yeah, am I still amazed that, you know, trout can pick up, you know, size, you know, 24 midges out of the water floating by in fast yeah. current? Yeah, that's amazing to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I think just being on the river and, you know, listening to the water, the smells, um, catching fish and always admiring their beauty, that's just spiritual in of itself. But I think, so there, there's the actual tangible aspects of, looking at the beauty, listening to the river, you know, swimming in it, catching fish out of it. So there's the tangible aspects, but I think the joy that's spiritual, I think. Um, and even if, you know, even if you don't love Jesus, I think it's still spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intimate. It is. Yeah. Inherently. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think, yeah, that's great. That's really cool. I think it's, I think it's awesome because you're, you're interacting with something that God created and you said something that, something about, and I think it's amazing that a trout can catch a, a 24 size midge out of the water which is so small if you don't know. yeah yeah if you don't know like a size 24 midge is i don't even know what to compare it to tiny it's tiny. like talk about having faith of a mustard seed it's probably the size of a mustard seed like, <laughs> seriously you know so it man it's being able to interact with something that god created and just getting getting to see like wow like god knows every detail of this fish oh, what does he know about me what does he know about me mm, yeah you know that's awesome. Which actually spikes kind of a question, a little uh, a latter question. I have a more fun question. Do you have right now in your mind that sticks out that one fish you remember that was just that one so far in your life that was just awesome to catch or that memory? Uh, I wouldn't say that I have one, but I definitely have. I have a few. You know, I mean, I can. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's. I was up in Alaska 
uh, on my 31st birthday um, on the river and me and three other guys were uh, my dad my dad lives up there right now and so we went up there um, you know borrowed the truck borrowed the boat and we fished hard for five and a half days and we crushed fish I mean it was it was a lot of fun I mean we netted I don't know four to five hundred fish gosh man it's incredible yeah um, and on my birthday the 14th we were up there floating and I hooked into I mean I hooked into a sweet rainbow just a beast and he took me all the way to my backing and i landed him and just i mean that was my 31st birthday present and you'll and you'll remember that forever yeah those are the moments kind of we talked about you create did you start going down the river like in uh like river runs through through it it. did you lose your hat (laughs) (laughs) oh what a movie yeah it's still awesome nonetheless Hey, go go watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah, guys. Oh, read, read the book. Read the book actually. first. Read the book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. Any other short? Nor- Norman McLean. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt plays the younger brother in the movie. But um, above that, for that twenty-something guy right now who's like, man, I wish I could get into that sport. How would you recommend? Where Where's the jumping point? Yeah, I think the key there is. Um, hmm. I think I think the difficult key is to find somebody who you can go with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you know, even buying gear and stuff. I think you need a little bit of help. And, it's definitely a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly a learning curve, and if you can find a guy that's willing to take you out, um, you know, that's what you that that's going to be helpful. Well, I can say that if you decide to come to training ground, that you'll get some of the most incredible instruction from Jeff and. Other guys too. So there's, there's always that option. Yeah, that was a good shameless plug. <laughs> shameless was, plug, I like yeah. And you know what? Hey, ask God if you if you have an interest in fly fishing. Ask God. Say, hey, like, I kind of want to fly fish. Uh, do you do you want to help me out with that? You know, like, I feel like fly fishing is is one of those things where God is is so pumped to use to father you and teach you. Yeah. About yourself and about him. For sure. Yeah, and if you if you can't get on a you know, on a the logistical level, if you can't find a guy that's gonna help you, then I mean your fly shop, local fly shop probably has beginner classes yeah. and stuff like that. You can go I know Orvis always yeah. the one oh one and all yeah. that stuff. And also you don't have to live by a river and target trout. You can go yeah, catch for sure brim in a pond and have a blast. Like it's it is pretty fun. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know. So I, I have another story that I'll share that which when I was in high school, um, my friend and I, Matt, who is is one of my fishing buddies, but we uh, had this great idea to basically live out of the truck for the summer after we graduated. So he had like a 93 or 5 S10 or an 89 or something. It was... Um, Anyway, he had this old S10. And so we saved all our senior year to scrounge up some cash and got headed out the door, you know, a week after we graduated high school. And um, we were driving across South Dakota and his truck broke down. Mm. The, I mean, the engine just blew. The rods went, you know, it was, it was oil pressure dropped, the truck broke down. And we ended up in Murdo, South Dakota. And 
we found a auto mechanic who owned a private pond what? and it was stocked with smallies. And so, you know, we were on a budget, so we camped out at his private land and we just crushed the smallies for like two days while we were waiting for somebody to come and pick us up. Oh my gosh. So it totally was a, I mean, the summer was a bust. Our truck broke down right. and we didn't, we didn't have another one to use. So we, you know, we failed there, but, um, I think it's, I'll always remember Murdo, South Dakota as this, you know, odd place. We ended up with a privately stocked, smally, you know, bass <laughs> pond where we, you know, and we had trout flies. So we were fishing muddlers on top and awesome. they were just, they were just crushing them. We slayed. It was pretty fun. That was awesome. <laughs> That's a good story. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening to Jeff. Um, again, feel free to, if you want to learn more, help on a training ground. You can't bring us down. Awesome. Jeff, Jeff's a good guy. Yeah, Jeff Stelzner, um, honestly, I meant it when I said it. He's one of my favorite guys that I met um, throughout the training ground program. I mean, I love all of them, mm-hmm. but Jeff is just really cool and a great fisherman. Yeah. Honestly, like I don't know if I said that enough. Like, Truly, you can catch fish. Yeah, he uh, he definitely he keeps it simple, especially on the water. Oh, for sure, yeah. He's just like, yeah, just have fun fishing. Yeah, Je- Luke and I have got to know Jeff on a little more personal level because we also worked for him um, for a few weeks, just doing doing some stuff for on with his company and his jobs. So we kind of got to know Jeff on multiple different standpoints, and he really is a great guy and. We really do thank him very much for uh, taking the time to come on. He's mm-hmm. very busy. Yeah, he's a super busy guy, and and we had honestly had a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why I had to say honestly, but <laughs> I mean sometimes you just say like, "Oh, we had a lot of fun." But hey, just closing thoughts. I mean, if you're trying to figure out what to do in your life, or you need a hobby, or you want to cleanse your soul, take up fly fishing. Yeah, and if you don't know how to get started, then come do training ground in yeah, Colorado. Yeah, come do training ground, and if that's not an option. You can always go into your local fly shop. You can always find someone who knows the sport and learn what they have to share, and that's how you get started, and it, it'll it'll probably become an addiction yeah. like it has for me. Definitely. Or just watch a whole bunch of YouTube yeah, videos. YouTube it's not going to be as fun, days. but, I mean, it's it's low budge, you know? Yep. So, well, you guys, you know what you can do? If you have any more, like, ideas of, like, oh, I – kind of want to hear them talk about this or like I want more information about you know such and such um be free to email us my email is luke at trainingground.com and I'm nick at trainingground.com yeah and so yeah you can do that or you can also uh dm us on our instagram page at tg wait yeah at yeah, tg, TG garage, garage talks, talks. yeah um and then if you like what, what we're doing and if you like our episodes, like our content, be sure to share and subscribe. Um, don't be selfish with it. Just uh, get the just word out there. Get the word out there. Yeah, tell your friends, tell your buddies, tell, tell your, your family. You know, Get the word out so more people can hear yeah. um, what we're bringing if you like what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. And then uh, we're also on so, uh, social media. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at TG Garage Talks. Um, you'll be able to find all of our updates on when new episodes are coming out as well as some cool pictures and lots of other cool things that Luke is bringing to, um, the page. And, um, yeah, 
Also, don't forget to come follow, come check us out, www.tggaragetalks.com. That's our website, and you'll be able to find information about the podcast, all of our episodes, Yeah, um, Luke and I. You'll also be able to link to the main page there of Training Ground. Where you can donate if you want to donate to TG Garage Talks. You just put that in the little description and just say, you know, TGGT or Garage Talks, whatever. You can um, also find information about maybe participating in the summer if you're a guy who might be interested in this thing. You can find more information about that. You can find information about becoming a donor or just general information about what Training Ground is and who we are. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, thank you so much. This was episode 11 with Jeff Stelsner. It's more than just fishing. It's more than just fishing. All right, guys. I'm Nick. And I'm Luke. Have a great day. Absolutely.